0: Well, grace and peace to you today, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today is proper number nine in the, the ordinary time of the season as we uh, come and celebrate. And so as we get settled today, I want us to set our hearts and minds focused on uh, this, this idea of worship. And uh, actually, we'll be having a call to worship based off from of the Psalms. 30 if, if you want to there's also the bulletins that have all the different information on there so that you can follow along So join me uh, as always you are the yellow text and uh, so Call upon the Lord I asked for help and I was healed We asked for freedom and we were given liberty beyond measure Praise God Sing to the Lord, all you faithful. Give thanks to God's holy name. God turned our mourning into dancing. The great tailor took away the sackcloth and dressed us up in celebration. Our hearts are singled without ceasing. O Lord, our God, we will always give you thanks. Let us pray this morning as we prepare our hearts for worship. Oh God, you send us out into the world as your disciples. Allow the church to be a healing presence, a place and a people that live out the essence of your kingdom here and now. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen. Good
1: morning, everybody. We're gonna um, start our worship and song this morning with "Come as You Are," and just um, we say that a lot here, just to just to come as we are, and that's a beautiful thing about church and about being a family and and just I don't know having having a, a a place to come and be who we are and not feel like we have to change and not feel like we have to. Be like the person sitting next to us, or, or anything like that. We can we can have all of our differences and and come together as one united body of Christ. So join with me as we sing.
2: From wherever you've been, come broken hearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, O sinner, come near. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal.
0: First and foremost, uh, with announcements, uh, the first reading that's going to be coming up is Galatians 6 1 through 10. So if one of you feel brave enough to uh, read that, turn there and get ready because we'll be going to that next. Um, I don't have too many announcements other than uh, one, there is no women's group this week uh, because there's going to be quite a few of us who are gone. Uh, I want to also say, remind you all to be praying for those who are going to camp I know Elizabeth and Azalea are going this week and so be praying for them and uh, praying for us because we have to take them down there and you know that's going to be fun uh, and then also um, if there's some people who would like to help make sure that the garden stays watered this week uh, Laura's out of town uh, so we could appreciate that so just uh, connect with some yeah I can do it up
1: until Thursday
0: up until Thursday. Okay, so if there's someone who can cover Thursday on, that would... Jen's got Friday. That works. That, that, should, be, that should be good. Um, also, the car maintenance day is coming up in August 6th. This is the first time we're going to be doing this, so we are still working out some of the details. Um, The big thing is is that Jen's going to be making up some signs. We would like for you guys to post them somewhere around your houses as well so that people who are not just driving around the church but around the neighborhoods can see it and know about it. Um, We also, I'm going to be creating up a sign-up sheet because we're going to have some people who will just need to help direct traffic as well as um, we're going to try to have some refreshments so that as people are there, um, we can have stuff for them so be uh, tuned up for that uh the big thing is is that we won't have to be doing stuff with the vehicles directly we are having outside people come in so you don't have to know your ways around spark plugs or washer fluid or anything like that um you just need to show up to help manage the other stuff and so we'll get some more details out about that um i thought there was another thing but i can't remember so also, uh, as always, for those who call Alma Church in Nazarene your home, you have many ways in which you can give. You can send it through the mail. There's a back, the, the, the box in the back that you can put it in, or uh, online, you can either go to almanaz.org, or on your bulletin, there's a little QR code. You can scan it, and that takes you right to the page that you can donate as well. And so with that, let us pray over the offerings that we have received and continue to receive throughout the week. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. Your church exalts you. In your mercy, you have given us life everlasting. You have given us freedom from death, and you have favored us. In your love, you have given us the strength to stand up and continue on our journey. In your wisdom, you have taken a chance on us by allowing us to be part of your holy plans and your message. Help us to use the gifts you have given us with mercy, love, and wisdom so that we can continue to honor the trust you have put on us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Oh, the other thing I did remember was, uh, I know the past couple weeks have kind of been off, but just a reminder, if you like to stay after to fellowship and everything, feel free to bring your lunch. And if you want to stay and eat, We keep the building open pretty much as long as y'all want to stay. So uh, just a reminder so that I know for the past couple weeks we've been a little off. And if you don't want to or you can't, that's fine too. Uh, So the first reading today is in Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. Is there someone who is willing to read that? Someone who brought their Bible? Go ahead, Valerie. This is where the Lord and together we say, thanks be to God. Join us as we go into our third song this morning. Uh, If I can pull it up here. You alone can rescue. All right, join with me as we sing. Once again, you can sing. Either. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> before we get into um, everything else, I, I want to take a moment, and I, I know we have uh, a few different guests here and there, and, and welcome, I'm so glad to have you with us. Um, if, for, for those who don't know, when, when I come and sit on the stool here, this is kind of me setting aside like the, the role of a pastor, and this is me trying to be like, okay, this is me, I'm not speaking on behalf of God, I'm speaking as me, a person. Um so, so what I say uh, could be wrong. Uh, well, when I preach, too, it could be wrong, too. I, I try not to, but, but there, there's a difference, and I want to always help give you guys that clue that something is different. And So when I'm sitting down like this, just take it as this is me, this is not uh, me declaring the word of the Lord. Um, I want to say thank you, church. Uh It's been a couple years of some very difficult challenges, personally and professionally. And I want to take a moment to thank all of you who have helped walk alongside myself and my family, as well as to give glory to God because if it was not for the Lord, on many occasions, I would not be here today. Um, Some of you know that I have shared with, um, you know, I've I've had different problems throughout the years that I've been working on, physical problems, mental problems, every uh, pretty much the whole gambit. Uh, Some of you, I mean, I think I was a pharmacy at one point because they were trying to figure out different things to help me with sleep and everything else, Um, and over those past two years I've been able to see the way that God has worked and I'm grateful and thankful for people like you who have walked beside me been gracious enough to extend the grace of the Lord on me, on my my weaknesses on my days that I'm less than um, and to understand that I can't always be performing at top notch Um, it was a little over a year ago that I got the diagnosis that uh, I had PTSD and uh, ADHD, and so I've been working on that stuff. Um, and so, thank you. I was I was recently asked what what my ideal church would be like, and I thought back to. Uh, uh, what was it? It was Wednesday night when we weeded the garden. And that that right there it was like the epitome of what I desire for a church like us to be like. We got together. It was It wasn't planned. There wasn't structure. But we had some fun. We talked. We laughed. We ate food. The children played. And God was glorified. And everyone was able to come as they were. Including myself and Amy, who as a, as a pastoral family, um, we've had our fair share of places that see us only as pastor and pastor's wife, and, and we are kept at arm's length. So thank you for embracing us as friends. It means a lot. So, just felt like that needs to be shared. So, take it for what it is. For those who have their Bibles, and if you don't in the pew, there are some as well, go ahead and uh, turn to 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1-14. through 14. We are continuing our passage through the, the prophets and looking at the stories that we can learn as we, as a church, grow in this season. That's why we have the green light, is because we are growing, and this season is all about growth. And the prophets tell us some hard truths to help us grow strong. If you are able, I ask that you please stand for the reading today in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1-14. through It says this, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Armenians, on one of their raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophets who, who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, Go then, and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. He went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of garments. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to give death or life that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel." So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. But Naaman because, uh, became angry and went away saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. But his his servants approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he had said to you was wash and be clean? So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of this man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Your word, O Lord, is our inspiration, our light, and our motion. Your word, O Lord, is power, is wisdom, and is comfort. Guide us today as we listen to the word and read and proclaim, and fill us with understanding and with the desire to change. Speak, Lord. Your people listen. Amen. Excuse me. How many of you have ever had a um, disagreement with family members? (laughs) <laughs> or, or strong discussions with, with loved ones. It can get nasty real quick, right? It, it, quite, quite nasty. Well, take those issues that you've had, multiply them by about a thousand, add in years of slavery and multiple wars in which many people died, and you'll begin to understand and appreciate the conflict that we are reading here today between Naaman, the commander of the Arminians, and Israel. The, the feud between these two nations, they run deep. And they are not the only ones that have conflict with Israel, not even to speak about modern times today. Uh, yet before we go into the specific story that we read I, I feel like it is necessary for a history lesson. And before any of you groan and say, ugh, history lesson, I, I hate history. It's so boring. Look, okay, don't check out. Go with me. It's going to be okay. We will get through this. It's good. And it will it really, honestly, it will give you some great background information for all the texts that we'll be going into throughout the rest of the summer. And, and just... As you read your Bibles, it will help enlighten some of your understanding of what was going on. And besides all that, it, there's really some juicy soap opera style stories that are coming out of this. So just, you know, stay st- stay tuned for the drama, right? We all like to look at a little drama. So how many of you have ever heard of Syria, Amon, Moab, and Edom? If you've read your Bibles, you probably at least read the names they're mentioned a lot, especially more so in the Old Testament than in the New. Although they are there, they kind of get destroyed eventually and integrated and intermixed. But within the Old Testament, we read about them a lot. Now, these are not just random people in Israel's history. These are not just people that have, have come out of the woodwork. What if I was to tell you that the DNA results came back, and yes, in fact, they were related to Israel? This is the point where you grab the chair as people are shouting, you know, Jerry, Jerry. Am I okay? Oh, is it Mar- Murray now or something? Jerry was the re- like I remember, like we strolled on that as kids. We found that, and like my parents were like, no, no, you don't just no. Uh, Fun fact, by the way, as I was studying this, I found out Jerry Springer actually went and became a judge, and now he has his own reality show about being a judge now. So, you know, whatever. I guess you can do whatever you want with your life. That's just weird. Anyways, uh, to help you picture all of this, I'm going to uh, give you a tool. For all of us who live in Michigan, how do we tell people where we live? (laughs) Right there, you know, or we have to go here or whatever. Yeah, take your hand because this is this is what was drilled into me in college. Take both your hands. Come on, this is easy. Everyone can participate unless you're holding a baby. Take your hands and you're going to go with me. Amy knows where I'm going with this. Imagine with me. Say that. Imagine with me. That, that's your cue, okay? That That's going to go into your brain, and every time you think of that, this is going to help you, because your hand is also a nifty map of Israel and the surrounding lands. What? Yes, now, I'll draw it out. This is why I had to grab the board, because this is kind of small, and I can't really write on my hands, and... So, I shouldn't write, children. We don't write on... So... Give or take, this is your hand. So this is the Mediterranean Sea, you know, oceans and all that. This is the Mediterranean Sea. Down here you have Egypt. Okay, that's all fine and Daniel. Here you have Israel. Then you have this area, and it is divided into four sections. And then you also have the Black Sea, and then... Uh, Syria and Babylon, all that. That is all stuff I had to do on tests. Because we always I, I had one Old Testament professor, he made us draw out the map every single time we took the test because he wanted it drilled into our brains. So you have Israel here. To memorize this, all you need to know is the word same. Which is also handy because you can realize that these people are the same as the Israelites give or take a few details. So this is how it works out. And we'll start down here at the bottom. Edom. Edom came from the descendants of Esau. Esau is Jacob's brother. Thus, Edom is like a direct relative to Israel. Fair enough. Now this is the next part. This is the juicy soap opera. These two are kind of always lumped together. Amon and Moab. They have a sordid history. And because there are young ears, I'm going to be careful how I project all this. Um, you remember Lot. Lot, Abraham's nephew, goes to live in Sodom Gomorrah. Then God goes and destroys Sodom Gomorrah. He leaves. His wife gets turned to salt. He goes up into the hills and he kind of becomes a, a, a hermit. And his daughters are kind of scared and saying, we're never going to live past this. He's not going to marry us out. We're just stuck in this cave with him. So they take advantage of the one man that they have access to. God does not approve of it. Yes, it's in the Bible, but God is not okay with that. Uh, And they have two children. And guess what? They are the offsprings of Ammon and Moab. Thus, they are distant relatives to Israel because Lot was the nephew. Then you have Syria, which is also... uh, uh, Where where uh, my brain went? Name it. Uh, the Armenian. There we go. Aram. The Bible switches between Aram and uh, and between Aram and Syria. Not to be confused with Assyria. So, Aram or Syria. If you remember the stories of when Abraham is trying to get a a wife for Isaac, he sends his servant. Not to any of the people in Israel at the time, because it was not Israel, it was filled with Canaanites. He sends them up to Aram, or what is also called Syria, where his cousins and relatives were. And that's where he finds someone. So all of these people are related to Israel. Talk about a messed up family, right? I thought mine was bad. If you go up north, it gets real twisted, my relations, but this is even worse. Um, So nine times out of ten, whenever we read about conflicts, especially as we'll be going through the prophets, it is not with these random people. Sometimes it's with Egypt. Sometimes it's with Assyria. Or sometimes it's with Babylonian, Persians, Medes. But most of the time, it's with these groups relatives, people who are related to, people who know some of the stories but are not quite with Israel. And so this is where we have the problems. Now with all that said, see, that, that history lesson wasn't terrible. It's more geography than history. It's kind of mixed. But anyways, it, it, it's not that bad. The, the, the point is, Naaman came from the same family as all the people in Israel. They were connected in some way shape or form and yet they still had wars against each other. They killed one another. And this is where we have some major issues. But before we get to that, just stop and take a deep breath with me. It's all good. We're past the the thick dense information part. Okay? I really do hope, though, that this helps frame your reading of Scripture so that you realize that these people are just not nobodies. They have significance. They, they have uh, history with each other. In fact, when Israel is coming out of Egypt, they are, they are trying to go into the land, and they try to pass through Edom, and Moab, and Ammon, and they were all rejected and some of these people, especially Amon, they, they call on people like Balaam. You know, the, do, the story of the talking donkey. They, they call on people to try to get rid of Israel. And, and so they've had bad blood for so long. And here, Naaman, being a commander of the Armenian army, he's a great one. He, he, and yet he has an issue. He's a leper. He has this skin disease. Now, it was not a very serious skin disease, and and the reason I know this is because, one, he was still able to function as a commander in the army. If he had the the serious skin disease that made his, his limbs fall off, that wouldn't have been. Plus, he was able to stand before the king, and if he was contagious, they wouldn't have allowed that. So, My best guess, best guess from scholars, is that he probably had uh, eczema, like some really bad eczema that that caused issues, big enough issues that they talked about it at home so that then the slave girl from Israel uh, knew about it and said, hey, I know someone who can fix that problem. And it was a big enough issue that uh, Naaman thought I should go to the king and tell him because this is something that could potentially make me better. And it was a big enough issue for the king to send Naaman to a people that they don't always like, that they are not always friends with, to find healing and to send a whole bunch of money and clothes to them as a reward if they could do it. Now within this particular point in history, Aram is way more powerful than Israel. They, they have demonstrated that over and over again, and so it's kind of a hard pill to swallow that they have to go to the people that they have defeated to find hope for one of their leading commanders. And the king of Israel is struggling with this, not only because you want me to heal the guy who has come in and raided my villages and killed my people and stolen others, you can see the struggle that is building up, the problems that are coming. And yet, I, I liken this to a Thanksgiving with, uh, when it's election year. How great are those Thanksgiving meals with uh, it being election year? It's, it's a recipe for disaster, but that's okay, because praise God for Elisha. Praise God for Elisha. With all of this information, with all of this stuff, we can actually begin to look then at the point of what this message is trying to bring for us. And now, I will admit, there are many things that we can learn from this, and there are many ways in which God works and should be praised for in this text. And I'm not saying this is the only way we look at it, but I'm saying that right now, in our time, in our day, this is the message that God is trying to convince us. God uses simple things. God uses simple things. It's actually quite funny because for this being a story that is so fixated on Elisha, he's only a, per- a passive participant within the entire story. He's only mentioned a couple of times and we don't actually have any direct telling of what he does. We only have, oh, well, he sent a servant out here. His servant said this was the message from Elisha. He's a second-rate character in his own story. And in fact, that continues the theme of this story of God that he's trying to help people understand that to be great doesn't mean anything. And yet, as I have said before, sometimes we miss parts of this because of Translations. You've heard me. I've I've beat this drum many times. When we go from Hebrew or Greek into the English, we miss things. We miss the nuances that we just can't capture because we are translating from one language to another. The big one here is the actual words that are used. Because within the story, Naaman, the king of Israel, and the rivers that are in Aram are all spoken of as being this great, or what would be a better translation, big thing. Naaman was a big deal. The king of Israel felt like he had to be a big healer. The rivers were big and mighty and beautiful. We see this in verse 1 and then verse 7. It shows about the the king of Israel. And then later on in verses verses 11 and 12, this is where Naaman has such a fit because he's told to go down to the river Jordan. And yet he's like, I have better rivers. I have bigger rivers where I came from. Why can I use those to wash myself? We think of this idea of being bigger is better, and yet God is trying to say, no, simple is good. Little is good. To be honest, this is the best part of the story. At every turn, God is using little, simple things to prove humanity wrong. This big man, this big shot, this big commander of armies is instructed by a little slave girl. This big king of Israel is, is knocked down a few steps on uh, the, the pride ladder by this little prophet. And finally, all these big expectations of how God is supposed to work and how God is supposed to heal is completely reversed with a little action of washing in a little river. God uses simple things because simple doesn't mean easy. We think it does. We think simple is always easy, but it is not. So often we forget that. And Naaman certainly overlooked that aspect and needed to be reminded <clears throat> by his slaves yet again. Look at verse 13. <laughs> He was instructed by a little slave girl in his house that he had taken from her home. And then he gets it all in a huff and a rage and then his slaves come up to him and said, Hey, uh, dude, we know you're this big bad character and yet if he asked you to go scale a mountain and, and do whatever, you would do it. So why not just do this simple thing? This little thing. He had to be reminded of that yet again. the problem is that it's way easier to commit to something that when it appears to have a huge influence a huge promise a, a huge consequence when when it's something big it's something like god wants you to go stand on the street corner and start yelling and proclaiming judgment on people until the authorities show up and and you're going to get put in jail because of the unfair system and you're going to be uh, showing protests against uh, the way that christians are treated and that That's all easy to do because, well, it's it's a big deal. I'll get news attention. I'll get people to stand behind me. We'll stick it to the man. Or maybe God wants you to patiently love a neighbor who constantly annoys you, and he doesn't want you to make a big deal about it. Until at some point within your life, you are able to share with that neighbor the good news of Christ. That's way harder. So much so that many of us choose not to do it. Because it's too difficult to be that patient. It's too difficult to be that forgiving. It's too difficult to be that gracious. The truth being told to us today by the prophet is a simple one. The God we serve, while, yes, we'll use big, extravagant things to get our attention, is much more of a simple, steady, consistent Lord. The Christian walk is one of simple actions that don't draw attention to ourselves, but rather continues to point to God. And sometimes it may feel like we need to speak loudly, But a simple little voice can communicate so much more. Now I've been trying to come up with different images as we've walked through the prophets throughout each of these weeks and so the first week I had the staff and the staff is is talking about how we're having a long journey but we're not alone. God is with us and and so we have the staff to to be our support. And then last week we talked about the mantle, the mantle that Elijah passed on to Elisha and, and how it's God's calling, God's affirmation of purpose, and God's sign of protection. Now this week I have this lovely glass of water. Now it looks clear. It's not. There's stuff in it. I got it from the Pine River. <laughs> so why why this? Why? Because just like the Jordan, the Pine River is smelly. Nasty, and not all that impressive. In fact, by now, especially because we haven't had much rain, it's dried up in a lot of places. The same with the Jordan. The Jordan, at times, was maybe three feet wide. It was not an impressive river. It was not one that you wanted to go down and just get water out of. In fact, that's why they had to dig wells, because they couldn't count on the Jordan to give them water that they could drink. I think I see a three-eyed fish in here. Just kidding. The same, though, is with the Pine River. It's not impressive. It's contaminated to the point where many of us go and not even try to touch it. Um, When I went and got this, I had to step down and I was wearing my sandals, so my feet were all caked in the mud and stuff. So I came back to the church and I hosed off and scrubbed off and everything. But I want us to remember this. I want us to think about this because it's simple. That simple river changed a life. It brought salvation to Naaman. We didn't read this section, but look at verse 15. It says Then he returned to the man of God, and he and all his company. He came and stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Those simple actions, those little people, those little things brought salvation. Naaman. So how much more can our simple things, the things that we discredit, like the Pine River, within our lives, what can they do to bring salvation to others? Another little hint here, uh, something that I find funny, because again, it's the wordplay that we miss. When Naaman comes out of the water, it says that his flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy. Again, insert little instead of young. It flips. This big man becomes little because he's finally realized who the real Lord of all is. Isn't that just beautiful? If only we could speak Hebrew and Greek we would get all this so much better than our English. So my question today is, what simple thing is God asking us to do? That's going to be one of the hardest questions for us to answer. It may not look extravagant. It may not be exciting. People may not stand in awe of us. It might not even make sense. Pine River? Ugh. Yet who are we to demand that God acts in a certain way? If God wants to use something simple, then praise be to God for working. Who around us needs to see the simple side of our faith so that they too may come to believe? It is easy for Christians to put on displays of some grand gesture, but does that glorify God or simply draw attention to ourselves? Maybe our role is like that of Elisha, who only appears as that secondary character in his own story. It will not be easy, but it will totally be worth the effort because serving God, even in the most simple of ways, is always life-changing. So as we go into prayer time, I want us to, to look, on your bulletin you have a couple of different prayers uh, for people who, who need it. Especially there's a lot of health concerns. But I also, as we go into this weekend, I know I was talking with Mike These holiday weekends bring out the absolute not best sides of people, especially when you involve explosives. So be in prayer for people that they use some common sense. Be in prayer for all the paramedics and firefighters who will be working extra overtime, especially because it's been so dry, because I'm guaranteeing that there's going to be some fire somewhere because someone wasn't thinking. Be in prayer for all those people because they're going to be Sacrificing time with their family, they're going to be sacrificing energy and sleep to try to correct some mistakes of someone. And so we want to be in prayer for those people because it is going to be a busy time for them. And I also want you to be praying and asking God, what is the simple thing that you are trying to use me for? Or maybe the prayer needs to be, help me to not be worried about being so grand, so big, so impressive. Let us pray this morning to the Lord who loves to use simple things. God of prophets and of disciples, you have heard the plea of your people through the ages. Hear us now as we present to you those things that burden us. Lord of mercy, lift us out of the depths. Hear us as we pray for those who are sick. Give them hope that they may feel through your presence and the presence of others comfort and support. Grant them patience that they may live in your time and in your will. We believe in the power of your healing, Do your will, God. Do your will. Lord of mercy, lift us out of the depths. Hear us as we pray for those who live in constant conflict. Bring your wisdom to their lives. Enable your people to learn from you whose anger lasts only a moment and whose favor lasts a lifetime. Allow our anger to last only a moment, that we might put our efforts towards reconciliation and peace. Lord of mercy, lift us out of the depths. Hear us as we pray for those who feel imprisoned by temptation and sin. Lead us to examine ourselves and our lives to see how and why we fall into temptation. And give us empathy to understand others and their prisons. Grant us the strength to do good and to not be weary, and to always be watchful for opportunities to do your will. Lord of mercy, lift us out of the depths. Holy God, we pray for your church. Give us courage to be true disciples. The world outside these walls can be challenging, and yet others watch us as we witness and we act. Give us wisdom to better reflect your actions of love and mercy so that our families, our communities, and our countries might understand what your kingdom is all about. We pray in the name of your perfect witness in the world, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Speaking of small little things, as we gather around the table, Small piece of bread, little bit of juice. And yet in these simple things, God demonstrates a love and a power so great that we still barely can ever understand it. And so Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who seeks to earn who earnestly repents of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us prepare our hearts to be God's sanctuary. Exalted is your name always and everywhere, Lord God, for you created all things. By your grace you wash away our sins and make all things new. When your people crossed the Jordan into the promised land, you washed away their bondage and betrayals and gave them a new life with you. Your prophet Elijah sent Naaman into the same water to wash in humility and be cleansed of his leprosy. When your son came to be baptized by John at the Jordan, you brought him up out of the waters to usher in your new creation, your kingdom. And so we rejoice with all who are water-washed and spirit-born, and in the company of those who have crossed over Jordan into the promised land of everlasting life with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, as we join their unending hymn, join with me. Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. God of the harvest, you sowed among us the seed of your only Son. When he died for our salvation, he was buried in the earth and raised on the third day to be the first fruits of resurrection. Send down your Holy Spirit upon your church to go as laborers into your fields, to reap the bountiful harvest of your kingdom. Sanctify this bread and cup that they may be for us the body and blood of your Son, who at supper with his disciples took bread and gave you thanks broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said to them, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper he took the cup, and again he gave you thanks and gave it to his disciples, saying, "Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink." That verse of God. Grace is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Glorious God, you have revealed to us your creative joy in a tapestry of spacious skies, amber waves of green, purple mountains. Shed your grace upon all who call this land from those in high places to the least of these. Have mercy wherever the beauty of the land has been stripped and sold. Strengthen all who work for the dream of brotherhood, from sea to shining sea. Bring us together with your children from every nation to the day when we shall enter your heavenly city, undimmed by human tears and rejoicing. In every game divine, all holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When you are ready, you may come and receive the elements. I remind you that the cups are actually glass, so please save them. We have a tray in the back that you can place. with me as we sing amazing peace in the world. The harvest truly is great. People are sick and in need of solace. The harvest truly is great. Humanity needs to hear the kingdom of God has come. God calls us to go and labor in the harvest. Don't hesitate. Don't be weary. Jesus has promised that he will give us the power needed to do God's will. So let us go rejoicing. May the God who heals accompany you with hope so that you may face life's uncertain times. May the teacher of Jesus Christ send you out as disciples, certain of his words and power, and may the Holy Spirit fill you with an unceasing desire to do good wherever you are. Blessed are the ones who go in the name of the Lord. Go in the grace of God. God bless you.